0: Welcome to another episode of the podcast where we ask the question. Oh. Hmm.
1: Huh. Yes.
0: Remember the ox? Yes. I'm Courtney.
1: And I'm Tom.
0: And on this podcast, we talk about everything from the 2000s, from Degrassi.
1: Degrassi, that's a good one.
0: Thanks. Um. To Drake's first single.
1: Oh my God, I remember when he dropped that out. What was that? What was that song? Uh, Forever was that the song?
0: I I don't remember.
1: It may mean nothing to y'all. Oh my God, I'm I shouldn't try to sing. That had like a bunch of people on it. Had Kanye, it had a uh, Eminem, I think. It had a bunch of people. I remember that when that came out. I remember saying I like, heard, "Oh, um, this is Drake. <laughs> this is Jimmy from Degrassi." This is Jimmy. Jimmy from Degrassi. It's
0: um, I, I heard Just Hold On, We're Going Home last night at the restaurant, and I, I do really love that song. Fair. That is a good song. Um, but the family next to us were so drunk that they were, like, shout singing it, and I was like, oh, no.
1: <laughs> I have become obsessed with two songs in the last few days, and they're very what different songs? songs. Yeah? One song is called Mr. Fear. I love that song. Okay. It's a great song. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not what you think. It's actually, like, how do I describe this song? Mr. Fear the, the, by a group is this Siamese? I don't know how to say it and it's like oh, no. electro like rock it's pop it's really it's just this really weird it has an incredible music video too very well animated okay. I loved it
0: oh cool yeah
1: and then the other song <laughs> no this one is more typical of me
0: mm-hmm. there's a
1: song called Hyper Hyper <laughs> Hyper Hyper
0: Hyper, hyper.
1: Hyper, The hyper. opposite of
0: lazy, lazy. Yeah. <laughs> and who's that by?
1: That's by, it's by a group in Germany called Eskimo Callboy. Okay. <laughs> They're a German nu metal pop core band.
0: What is pop core? <laughs> How is that even, that doesn't make any sense. All right.
1: Can I, we'll keep this in. Can I share my screen with you to show you? Just the, just a few seconds of yeah. this video to get okay. the concept of, of this song. This song is something what else. What is
0: popcorn? You'll
1: see in a second. It's something else. Okay. All right, share audio.
0: All I can think of is like baby metal, but even that's not poppy. Because it's like still very much metal. Yes. Okay. Let me know. When oh, you're... it's hyper, hyper yeah, with hy- an A. Hyper,
1: hyper. Ready, let me know when. HIP-A-HIP-A. Let me know when you're ready. Do it. All right, this audio's good.
0: Okay, I'm into this. Yeah. All <laughs> right, I'm sold. Never, I never mind. Wait. Any of my criticisms. Oh my god.
1: Oh wait till it.
0: Gets... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh now I'm not into it though. <laughs> Oh, oh, wow, that happened so quickly. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, I was into the aesthetic of, like, mullets in Florida. Yep. They- but then they started shouting, and then I wasn't into it.
1: I love this song. It just oh gets me pumped.
0: I mean, it literally is just, like, Tiger King as an aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, like, with, like, a lot more neon.
1: A lot of neon.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's an aesthetic that's allowed to exist. It's just, yeah, like one minute I was totally into it, and now I'm not anymore.
1: The dances are my favorite part. The dances
0: are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dances are great.
1: Oh, my God. Okay. It, it's a lot, and I get it because it's got that metalcore thing going on. It's not for everybody, but you know what I will say yeah. about what I love about it? It's a very welcomed... uh it's very welcome self-awareness because uh, I think I've even talked right. about this in the past. The metal is spe- like not just metal, but it's really a lot of metal heads take themselves way too fucking seriously. And the scene yeah. itself is very elitist and kind of snobby. You got to have yeah. fun with it. Just have fun with it.
0: Yeah, they're definitely like fully embracing the camp of their style. And I love that. I just am not into the shouting as, like, a type of music.
1: I love the dances though. It's so funny.
0: The pelvic thrusting is, like, really hilarious.
1: Oh, my God.
0: I think that was my favorite thing about um, Gangnam Style by Psy, too, is, like, the scene where he's like in the elevator and the guy is just like pelvic thrusting and smiling so intently so like i just that's a dance move that i just always find funny
1: it's a vibe
0: it is a vibe it's a vibe for sure
1: yes but we are not here to talk about popcorn today
0: yes we're we're here to get to the root of a very delicious beverage and what it means to have a milkshake
1: milkshake by calice
0: my milkshake Milkshake by Khalees. I'm excited about this one.
1: I've learned to expect when we do this series that there's usually a lot more depth and interesting stories to these individuals. And it's always nice mm-hmm. to learn their stories and, you know, bless her. She is a pretty fantastic creative individual with a story, and we're here to tell that story today.
0: Yeah, she's a boss-ass bitch.
1: She is. She is.
0: Um, what... What was like your impression of this song when you were 12,
1: 13? Um, like it blew up. I remember it blowing up. We were in middle school and I right. remember it being like that song that like, you know, it was like that joke. It would play everywhere. People loved it, but it would be like the joke. Like if you're a young boy and you were singing this song, it was clearly a joke. Like, you know, you play with, you know, your milkshakes, you know, do the whole thing, you know, and that's mm-hmm. kind of my memory of this song.
0: Yeah, I remember, like, I think also, because back then, like, you mentioned, like, sort of the elitist element of certain rock subgenres. When this song came out, I was definitely like, oh, this is so stupid. Like, Milkshake, really? Like, this is dumb. Um, and then, you know, like, on in the movie Dodgeball, they make fun of it at the end mm-hmm. when Ben Siller puts on the fat suit.
1: <laughs> yes, I remember that. That was another huge component yeah. of, like, this song... Was like huge for one, its own, you know, dues. It is a very, you know, well put together pop song. But then it also Mm -hmm. like became like a joke. Like, because it was not like the song was a joke, like, aha, it's a bad song. No, it's like you would use this song as the punchline to like Ben Stiller gaining a bunch of weight, playing with his fake boobs.
0: Right, right. I mean, I definitely thought at the time, like, oh, my God, this is such a stupid fucking song. It's terrible. Yeah. And then just over time as an adult, I was like, you know what? That song's a bop. Yeah, it's a bop. It's a bop. And then even today, when I started listening to it at the beginning, I was like, oh, no wonder why I did hate this in middle school. But, you know, I can at least enjoy it. I'm glad that I actually like sat through the entire thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I feel like the milkshake is, it's the bend and snap, Mm. right? It's like, she's not talking about anything in specific. She's talking about that rhythm that you can give off and she's got it. Yeah. The boys want it. They do. They do. And
1: you should be proud and confident in yourself.
0: Yeah, it's got, you know, it's that joie de vivre that everyone always says. Um, Yeah, it's, you know, it's not like a particular thing. And I think that she's pretty clear about that is that it was just a word that they chose. And it just sort of worked with the theme of her next album being called Tasty. But it's, you know, I I feel like this is one of those songs that everybody knows at this point. Even if you've never actually listened to it, you've heard someone say, my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard.
1: And they're like, it's better than yours. Damn right. It's better than yours.
0: It's better than yours. So, yes. Okay, so, yes. I was going to
1: say, let's get into the story and how so many people are involved. Pharrell's involved. Nas is involved. A lot of people. A lot of people mm-hmm. are involved for good and mm-hmm. for bad. Will I am? Will I am.
0: Will I am is involved too.
1: Damn you, Will I am. Actually, no, not in this story. <laughs> Damn you, Pharrell.
0: <laughs> so, Kelis is originally from New York. She's a Harlem girl. Her, oh, this is going to start up again and I don't want it to. Okay. I have a podcast interview that she was on um, talking about her farm. So that's still open on my window. Okay. Um, So Kelly's is a Harlem girl. She's from New York. Her dad was a jazz musician and her mom was a fashion designer. Um, Kelis's family is of like Afro-Caribbean and even some Chinese descent as well and her mom as a fashion designer was the thing that inspired her to go on to her singing career as well. Uh she went to the LaGuardia High School of Music and Art and Performing Arts, which is a huge high school. Um I know a couple of people who went there, they loved it. And then um you know, shortly after high school she started working on her albums with pharrell williams and chad hugo as the i don't know if it's like the production team the writing team but either way it's like um the team of pharrell williams and chad hugo known as the neptunes yes yeah yeah I mean, I feel like early on in the 2000s, Pharrell Williams as like a writer and a producer and also his solo, um, not his solo, his like his other band were making moves, but it was all kind of underground. Like people didn't really know Pharrell yeah. for who he is now. Like he didn't yeah.
1: have that blow up. Like I just remember even the late 2000s, early 2010s, it's really when, you know, we knew Pharrell and his ridiculously big hats.
0: Yes, exactly. I feel like it was like blurred lines. And then, you know, he kind of got away from that. And then like his solo work, and then he became a judge on The Voice. And then he sort of became like the A-list celebrity that he is now. Yeah. So he worked, um, he works with her on her first two albums. And then they start working on their third, her third album, which they decide to be titled Tasty. And then from then on, um, Pharrell and Chad write milkshake because they figured, okay, like what's something that would go well with tasty? They just figured the word milkshake. And that's how the song started. It took off from there. She immediately felt like it was a hit. And then it just blew up.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a hit.
0: Mm hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like. There were so many like dated references. Like, if you go to the Wikipedia page mm-hmm. and it goes to, if you go to the composition section for Milkshake by Kelly's, um, it has a review from about.com. Oh. And what's another one? There was like another one that's really funny. Um, oh, Yahoo Music UK. Yahoo
1: Music.
0: Yahoo Music, contactmusic.com, like, these, like, really obvious things from the early 2000s, um, and they're like, they said it was great, and it's like, nobody's gonna know what this site is in 10 years, Mm -mm. like, this is the first time I've heard of about.com in probably over a decade.
1: I don't even remember about.com.
0: It's about.com. Just about.com. About.com. I distinctly remember in Mean Girls, Regina George's younger sister dancing and, like, trying to dance like Kellys in the music video. (laughs) They kept trying to imply that, like, Regina George's little sister was also, like, trying to, like, learn how to be sexual at a young age and would soon, like, follow Regina George's path into being, like, the next, you know, it girl at school. But the way that they approached it was so funny. Um, Also, at the same time, it's like, whatever. She wants to dance to the music video. She could dance to the music video. It's all good. Um,
1: Do you remember? I I mm rewatched the video because I haven't seen it since maybe middle school. You know, speaking of, you you know, personal life, Nas is in the music video.
0: Yes. He's the
1: chef. Handing out
0: milkshakes. Yeah, Yeah, he's the one handing out the milkshakes.
1: Yeah, we can. We'll Um, we'll get to that situation with Nas.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like the lyrics are pretty simple. They kind of talk around like it's this essence, it's this thing, it's the rhythm that like people get into when they're attracted to you, Mm -hmm. and she's got it. Yes. Um, so that's what the milkshake is. My favorite part is when she, like, kisses the cherry, and then the mom is, like, so horrified that (laughs) she, like, covers her son's eyes. Like, oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) So sexual. How dare we? (laughs) Also, like, I I was listening to... I was reading the lyrics, and she does mention something in the bridge that I actually thought was really interesting. It's, It's so subtle, but I think actually really interesting that she brings it up. It says, you must maintain your charm. Same time, maintain your halo.
1: Mmm, that's a, you have to maintain your, you have to be a good boy, pretty much.
0: Right. I, I feel like it's kind of playing on how, like, women are supposed to, first and foremost at this time, like, be sexual creatures. They're there to serve the male gender and the male gaze but at the same time you have to be innocent like it it plays on the like madonna whore complex in just a very quick brief way that i thought was really good
1: yeah it's very interesting actually yeah
0: right isn't that such a sneaky thing to put in there yeah like you have to exude this like sexual confidence but also at the same time you can't actually like do those things or else you're gonna seem like you're not innocent i thought that was a really smart line to put in there just in the middle of all of this stuff happening so at this time kelly's and nas are dating in real life
1: yes let's talk about some of the struggle and personal life of honestly a pretty badass pitch. i will say that i think i really have a lot of respect yeah. and admiration for kelly's
0: yeah and you know at this time that this song is blowing up it's going gold it's going like platinum it's you know going number one in charts across the world meanwhile like all of this heartache and trauma is happening behind the scenes yeah Mm-hmm.
1: like I know when, so, when she tried mm-hmm. to, when they were recording I think her first album her father had mm-hmm. passed away
0: oh my gosh I didn't even know that yeah
1: her father passed during the recording I think of her first album um I could be off by an album but I know that that was an experience right. like it just seems like she is always carrying the burden of these like very devastating experiences while she's trying to make music and then while you know mm-hmm. we'll get to it as we go along but like She's doing all this for the Neptunes. You know, they're they're producing Mm -hmm. her work. But, like, you start to learn that, like, as the music industry does, people take advantage.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, her first two albums are more of, like, a jazz-inspired album. And the whole time she's working with the Neptunes. Also, like, think about it. Like, she just graduated high school at some point during the recording of these albums, she's dealing with the immense loss of her father. You just trust and hope that these producers have your back. You're a team. And then, you know, recently in 2020, she has spoken out about how, like, she didn't get any money from the first two albums. Yeah. And that the Neptunes just sort of left her out of that and they have all the rights to her publishing. Jesus. So, you know, this whole time she's thinking just like, yeah, everything's great, and then actually she has no control over any of this. She's getting no money for it, which I think we're seeing more and more often. Yeah. You know? um, And it's really interesting paired with how we know Pharrell today, because... We always see him as this super cool, chill sweetheart. Yeah. So it kind of makes you wonder, like, is that what he's actually like? Yeah. Did You know, how much of this is really, like, did he manipulate her? Was it just that they were young producers and this is how they handled things back then? I mean... It is kind of disappointing when yeah. you hear about somebody who has this reputation of being, like, a cool, chill dude. And it's like, no, actually, like, sound off, Kelly. Tell everybody, like, tell everybody what was happening to yeah. you. Because this is not fair.
1: And, like, I even, I would say something about her that I've always respected. She seems like she does things to the beat of her own drum, like. Early on, and this was like, a, like I thought, a problem with her first few albums, or even before her music, mm-hmm. when she was just trying to get a career, because she is very well musically trained. She knows how to play the saxophone. Did you know that?
0: Oh yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: I remember, like, like seeing photo- cool people play saxophone. Yeah, seeing photographs of like her earlier look. She had this, like, you know, she had dyed hair. She had like, you know, her own aesthetic, her own you know border you know bordering punk aesthetic she also um like you said her early music was like more jazz jazz and rock influenced and like mm-hmm. people took issue with that cuz they're like we don't know how to sell a black artist not making you know hip hop or pop music and this is coming from like the neptunes
0: right right and as a child, so she, like, sang in church choirs, mm-hmm. played violin, piano, saxophone. Like, she very clearly was, like, a well-rounded artist with a lot of interests. And clearly, like you said, like, you know, she wanted to do her own thing. She could have very well had just, like, a straight and narrow successful career as an R&B artist But after dealing with all of these struggles with the Neptunes, and then also at the same time, like, dealing with the potentially, like, abusive relationship with Nas at home, like, that just sounds terrible. That just makes somebody want to sort of, like, up and leave everything, you know? Yeah. So during all of this while she's dealing with all of this with her managers too she's in a relationship with nas where he's incredibly abusive to her they get married and she does like you said like she always marches to the beat of her own drum she has this amazing green wedding dress that i love yeah and even at the time i was like i did not like milkshake but i really love that green wedding dress she's all right in my book um She actually said in her article in 2020 that the publicity of Chris Brown and Rihanna's relationship was the thing that made her leave Nas.
1: God bless, honestly. Yeah. Like, it's such a shit situation to be in. She had, I think, two children with him, too.
0: Yeah, so she left him seven months pregnant. With their child. Wow. That's a tough decision to make. For anybody. Mm -hmm. And she directly, you know, said that the Chris Brown and Rihanna situation is what made her realize, like, I need to get out of this. This is terrible. And she broke up with him a month later. Yeah. So, I'm happy for her that she is out of that situation. But you know it always like breaks your heart to see someone who is like so talented and just full of like artistic drive to be controlled not only in their professional life but also their home life too oh
1: yeah
0: so then she starts transitioning her career yeah into more of like the UK scene you know um, she leaves her record deal with the Neptunes and signs with Will am's record label or, for her, uh, fourth album, and I guess there was some more struggle with that, too. I don't know if she was still supposed to be on the Neptunes or, like, working with the Neptunes, but it kind of became clear, like, while all the success is happening with Milkshake, that... This is when the divide is happening between her and the Neptunes over her third album. Yeah. So that's when she leaves and decides to work with Will A. M. The album hits really big in the UK, and then she starts transitioning her career to focus more on her UK fan base and European fan base.
1: I just it just almost seems like they're sometimes a better fan base.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And also, it's just like, it, you know, it it's so tragic, too, that, like, all of this was happening to her. And I feel like if this were happening now, it would be the headlines everywhere. Yeah. You know, at the time in the 2000s, like, nobody would have stood up for her for something like this, you know?
1: Yeah, unfortunately.
0: So it makes sense that she would want to, like, change gears and focus more on her like European fan base. Um, From here on out, she, you know, continues to make more music. She makes a few albums. She also attends the Le Cordon Bleu University and becomes a chef.
1: She becomes a chef and she's a big into sauces. She's cooking the sauce.
0: She's cooking the sauce. She has a Netflix show called Cooking with Cannabis.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And I actually really want to check out this show now. I I was watching, so I was watching her podcast interview on Yes Girl Podcast,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where um, she talks about how, you know, more recently she sold her LA home and now she has this Netflix show and it sounds really cool. Like, okay, it's called Cooked with Cannabis. I'm sorry. <laughs> but they'll have people come on the show and they're not just like, okay, make us like brownies. It's like how do you use cannabis as like an actual ingredient and highlight the foods that use it?
1: Interesting.
0: And also, you know, she talks pretty freely about um, the incarceration level of people who have been caught with weed, and they don't shy away from that dynamic on the show at all. They talk a lot about how there's sort of this dichotomy with cannabis where a lot of people are still facing extremely long prison sentences for it, and yet at the same time, it's become this, like, new popular hyped-up thing. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know, she's just, like, she's really cool.
1: And I was gonna say, you know? I was about to make sure, like, you don't forget, she's got the sauce.
0: She's got the sauce. I mean, she's just really freaking awesome. She's a chef. She knows her shit. I mean... She strikes me as the kind of artist who's just like a sponge Mm -hmm. who just, once she's into something, just soaks it all up and just can pour out information. And that's so amazing. Like, good for her.
1: Yeah, I'm glad because you're right. Like, you look at her and it's like her career has been thriving, just not in, like, the traditional celebrity sense. Right. And it almost makes me wonder, like, we get to the question usually later, but reading her story Mm -hmm. and seeing the struggle, because, again, it's like, what was her hurdle at the beginning? Her hurdle at the beginning is she didn't fit a type and that type was hard to sell. How do you sell a jazz, like semi, you know, rock black woman who doesn't look the part? Like, how do you, you know, and it's just like really ashamed to read that because nowadays it's like, why would you even ever say that? But like, that was the, that right. was the vibe back then for executives and producers. Right. And it's like nowadays. That could be, not that that would be your gimmick, but like standing out would be huge. There's like an online market for people to just want to hear your music and what you have to offer.
0: Right. I feel like now we're much more open to mainstream music having eclectic sounds and sounding like different genres and combining them. But even still, I mean, you look at Janelle Monae who got her start a few years later than Kellys, And I feel like she still isn't, up there with like Lady Gaga. You no. know, she still has not hit that same yeah. level of a success yet. Well, I
1: mean like with the yes, like again, mm-hmm. well not again. Uh I feel like still with the breaking into the like the the mainstream like making the Billboard top is still like difficult and you have to fit an image, but it's a lot better. Mm-hmm. And but I also think like for a lot of musicians nowadays, that's not even the goal anymore. Like like, we talked mm-hmm. about it before, but, like, you know, fuck these, like, established elite, like, in institutions that decide what, what is and isn't deserving of recognition. It's like, no, because nowadays it's like you can build a very loyal and strong fan base, you know, just making your own music. There's an outlet for it now.
0: Right. And I wonder also how much the internet and Spotify... Have sort of lent to that over time because back then, when Khalees is starting to make music, you know, the main form of merchandising at the time is still CDs, like physical records that you can hold in your hand or um, paid downloads, you know. Meanwhile, over time, the concept of success and what gets purchased changes and artists feel like it is a lot different than it was back then so in a way it's almost freeing because then if the option for that kind of success isn't there anymore then you're not going to stick to those regimented forms of style yeah you know then you're just going to go for whatever you enjoy because the pressure isn't there agreed um have you listened to any of her other music i have not okay so i listened to a couple of songs um the one that i really enjoyed is her most recent one she came out with a single in 2020 called millionaire okay. with andre 3000 nice and that i i really loved and i feel like there you can see sort of more of the like the sorrow and the hurt that she's been through okay um let me just find the lyrics really quickly because it's really beautiful um, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy the beat. And it's just the music video is just like a bunch of like children on the playground and like a little girl is lip syncing for the voice of Kellys. Cool. Next to Millionaire by Kellys. But she says something like, what do you do in a world that's greedy? Like all you can do is kneel and pray. Mm. and it's just so sad that like after all of her experiences after like facing all of these men in her life who took advantage of her that that's something that she could write now as like a grown woman you know
1: wow yeah that is pretty powerful
0: but um it's a really good song I really enjoyed that I did go back to oh here it is What's a girl to do in a world of greed but kneel and pray? What's a girl to do when she's lost her longtime friends that lied? Wow. And that's how the song ends. You just like, I just want to give her a hug. You yeah. know? I just want to hang out with her on her farm and cook a meal together and talk about art. Yeah. She's so cool. I mean,. Like to go through all of that and to still like thrive and do what she wants, and like you said, like continue to live the life that she wants and like continue to go to the beat of her own drum. Like that takes a lot of strength, yeah, to continue that. And then, like, obviously, she's doing it, she's killing it. Amen. Um, the one thing that I'm not too crazy about when I listen to her other music and she does do this a lot in, like, Milkshake and also Millionaire, like, looking at, like, a 20-year 20 difference, is that she picks lyrics and just, like, repeats them a lot through the song.
1: Yeah, I can get that vibe. Yeah. I mean, I haven't listened to the songs, but I know from Milkshake that is that is like a, that is, like, part of the aesthetic of the song.
0: Right, right, is that, you know, it's so easy to remember because she says it, so often in Milkshake. Like, Milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Um. Oh, wait a second. Did Millionaire come out then, too? Hold on. Oh, okay. I'm wrong. That was bad information. Millionaire is from the third album. Okay. That's really interesting, then, to come out so quickly with what was happening then. So it must have been directly like tied to what was happening at the time
1: maybe yeah
0: oh that's sad maybe the video was um released in 2020 maybe that's why i saw it there that's on
1: youtube that happens it's all good
0: um i want to see also who wrote it yeah because in her third album like after milkshake that's when she starts writing with other people and that's when the neptunes start having an issue with that And I'm sure also the success of um, milkshake didn't help with that because then it's so easy for them to be like, well, look at what we brought you. Why do you want to work with other people when look what we could deliver for you?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, she becomes the chef and she has like a really fruitful career in the in the UK She was recently on The Mass Singer UK, and then, yeah, in 2019, she sells her L.A. home, moves up to a farm, and starts building a farm with her family, and working on the Netflix show.
1: Amen. God bless. I'm just glad to hear that. Like, it seemed like she crafted a very happy life for herself in the last 10 years that worked for her
0: totally i mean also just like the way she described living on the farm like that just sounds like the dream to me yeah like (laughs) when i was a kid and i first watched kiki's delivery service for the first time she meets that artist who just lives in the woods and like draws the crows and i was like i want that life i want that little cottage in the middle of the woods and i just feel like kelly's has that with her farm and i want that
1: (laughs) that's that's a beautiful thing yeah
0: yeah, she mentioned how, like, in a farm, you know, her four year old can just go walk around and be like, I got shit to do. I got to go. I have things I need to get done. And she doesn't need to worry about where he is in LA. You can't do that no, in the city. You can't be like that. No. no, definitely not. But if you've got a farm, you can enjoy the space and just know that he's like outside playing or like eating a snack off of your farm. So I, I have a lot of respect for that.
1: That's a beautiful image right there.
0: Yeah. We should all just grow farms. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Courtney. Yes.
1: It's just the part where we want to ask the question.
0: All right, Let's ask the question.
1: Let's ask the question. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Tom. Yes.
0: Do you think this song would be as successful today as it was back then?
1: see that's an interesting question because like it's such a staple of our experience in 2003 like Mm -hmm. to the movies to the shows it was featured like ever like the family guy you know it was featured in mean girls like it's such a staple i can't it's hard to imagine the song itself being a success today but i think i think she herself might have a more comfortable music experience today like it seems like mm. she can better carve out her own path like mm-hmm. it's still not a great industry it's still very difficult and exploitive but i feel like there is more opportunity for someone with a unique voice to carve their own path now than there was in the odds
0: yeah i feel like this song is the most like straightforward r&b song for kelly's
1: yeah absolutely
0: um yeah, like as far as her style goes and like her own personal interests, this is actually kind of not really what she does and maybe that's also why it's like the only like big big hit that we know by her in the mainstream music world. Um I wonder if if she released it today if maybe she would have had more of those personal interests and, like, those personal influences, like you were talking about. Like, there would be more room and more space for her to create the music that she wanted. It's
1: it's, an interesting thing, because we have to remember, this was also written by the Neptunes, like, you know, Pharrell. This was, you know, and they offered it to her for this album, Tasty. I wonder Mm -hmm. if that would have been the case, you know, if this were done today.
0: Right. That's another thing too is like having two men write a song for a female singer where she's like just talking about her body and how guys want it. It is a little cringy. Yeah. Like that does kind of skeeve me out a little bit. Yeah. 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 yeah right? It's like, oh. Ugh. um, I feel like maybe the lyrics would play more on like that moment of, you know, you've got to have that charm, but you can't lose your halo. Like it would maybe sort of play on that more, or it would come from the perspective of like her own feeling of confidence and how she perceives herself probably a lot yeah. more.
1: That's an
0: interesting thought. Yeah. 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 Like maybe it would still be milkshake, but it'd be a different kind That's of true. milkshake. You know, maybe it would be like an oat milk milkshake or something. I
1: had an oat milk latte this morning. I made it myself. Yeah.
0: Oh, really? I feel like steaming oat milk is so much harder. Well, I have
1: like the the Nespresso comes with like its own frother that heats it up, and it does a pretty good job at doing that.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. But yeah, I feel like it. I think that she could do it. I think the song itself inherently would still be a bop. I just think that it would be like a different kind of yeah, milkshake now.
1: Maybe a more, like, it would be a better, like, a stiff, uh, I'm trying to scrambling over words. It would be a story told from the perspective of a woman not written by Pharrell Williams. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And it also just kind of makes you wonder, too, like, Men who perceive themselves in the media as like the good guy, it just kind of makes you wonder, you know, sheeps and Mm -hmm. wolf clothing, wolves and sheep clothing kind of a dynamic. And of course, you know, if she were to speak out against them, it sounds like, oh, you're ungrateful, like you're a liar. It's so much easier to put it on her than it is for them to hold themselves accountable and think about their actions. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's very interesting, and I I respect that she's like coming out and saying like I'm not going to protect no, these I'm men anymore.
1: No, yeah. Yes.
0: Tom, what has been your obsession this week? I know you mentioned those it songs. a little bit earlier yeah, I've in been the obsessed
1: episode. Obsessed with those songs, just bopping. Yeah,
0: yeah. I feel like this this episode we're like just kind of like, blah. We've had like a couple of crazy weeks. You came back from a bachelor yes. party i drove from like westchester to staten island to new jersey to back to new york again like it's also been like 90 it's, degrees it's, every single day disgusting yeah so we're just like taking it easy today and just like gushing about how awesome no, police absolutely. is
1: I, I think it's hard because like i'm trying to get these things going also uh I was going to make a thing about mm-hmm. saving the drive-in, but the drive-in has already been saved. We it did it, boys. It took a day, but God bless.
0: We did. It took a day.
1: God bless. Save the Mahoning drive-in. That's my obsession, <laughs> I'll say. Uh, anyone who's never been, it is definitely worth a trip during the summer if you're on the East Coast to just go to the drive-in. They hold big events. It's very friendly. It's like... Some of the coolest, Mm -hmm. like cinema nerds, punks, a bunch of people from Philadelphia come. I like to. I say a lot of queer punks show up. It's such a cool, you know, open community that hang out and watch movies outdoors in a COVID-safe environment. Even though you should be vaccinated if you can, you know. Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. that's that's what I'll go with for this week. We saved the drive-in, so go enjoy it.
0: We did it. I, I I was so surprised when you said that they were in trouble because I was just like, what the hell, man? Like, they were such a big community for, like, moviegoers, and it was such a great beacon of community for, like, people who lost that experience to go see movies together, and then, like, you get this big space where everyone can come together and have these, like, events. It seemed really awesome, so yeah. I was just so shocked that... Uh, there was a company that sort of took the ground from yeah, beneath literally. them, quite literally.
1: What literally happened was? They didn't own the yeah. land; they'd rented the land, and it had been that way for for seventy years. And like, I remember having this conversation with a friend, mm-hmm. and he his his whole thing was, he's was like, "Why didn't they just ever buy the land?" And I had to explain realty to him. I was like, "Listen, it's not that simple." Sometimes, you know, you lease land because it's the cheaper option and then you have the ambition to eventually have enough money to buy the land. But that doesn't always get ha- like happen. And what happened is that right. even though the last, I would say, five years, because there's a documentary that came out like a few years ago called At the Drive-In. And it's a beautiful, beautiful documentary. I recommend it to everybody. It's on Amazon. And it's about the Mahoning Drive-In. And it was supposed to. Yeah, it was supposed oh, really? to be a documentary about the last drive-ins in America. But they changed the narrative of the movie to be just about Mahoning driving because there is honestly something kind of magical about it. Like I'm it's in the middle of Pennsylvania, but it draws a crowd from like all the surrounding states, people from Philadelphia, New York, mm-hmm. Connecticut, Virginia, all come to hang out and watch these movies. And um, so it's definitely exploded in the last few years. And I imagine business is doing really well. Like they have Joe Bob there this weekend, like big Heart, you know big far tv show host from monster vision and now shutters at the drive-in so like business as well mm-hmm. it's just that the the owner of the land sold it to a solar company and you know i'm not going to hate on the solar company because like obviously we should be improving and you know expanding different renewable energy sources but they were not they were not mm-hmm. aware of just how beloved the drive-in is. Because again, this is really on part with the fact that the owner of the lot didn't want to sell to the drive-in and rather sell it to someone of a higher bidder. But after a lot of fan like responses and outcry, the I think they worked at a deal. The green the the solar company I think has purchased like I think it purchased a few acres of land surrounding and they're gonna they're pulling out of the project that would demolish the drive in and are going to sell the lot to Mm -hmm. the drive in.
0: Oh cool. Okay. Amazing. Yeah, I also feel like the argument like well why didn't they just buy it? I feel like we always have these arguments where, like, the defense is about, like, the effect instead of going after the cause. Like, oh, this woman was attacked by a man. Well, what was she wearing? Same thing. It's like, instead of looking at it as like, well, why didn't they just buy it? It's like, why are their rights not as good just because they're renters versus, like, the landowner? Why do they have to fear being pushed out of this community setting when, like, clearly it's being controlled by somebody else, you know? So I feel like just the argument of, like, well, why didn't they buy it is, like, such a stupid argument. It negates the
1: reality that, like... It negates the reality of just, like, trying to make a business work and then losing that opportunity. Like, it's, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. So... I'm glad that they're saved. That did not no, take no, long no. at all. It's so good. Much your it's good. The obsession. Um, so, honestly, after being vaccinated and it started getting hot, I was a little like, I'm tired of masks. Now I love masks mm. again. I'm going to say my obsession this week is masks because you know what I realized I've been doing during What's the that? pandemic? And I'm forgetting to stop when I don't have a mask on. I realized this entire year and a half, because I've been like commuting into the city, like even when there weren't a lot of people going in, now it seems like they're picking up the pace again. Um, I would lip sync to whatever the music was that I was listening to. And I would just like, because I had the mask on, I would just sort of like be singing in my head or I'd be like mouthing the lyrics and then I realized that when I take my mask off, I'm still doing it. Yeah. So I'm just walking around in public with like wording be sweet by Japanese breakfast. And I'm like, oh, I can't do that anymore because people can see me. So then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna put my mask back on and I'm gonna uh, do mask the I, lyrics to the song. I still wear the to. mask
1: depending on what business I go into. It's just yeah. better to be, you know, respectful right. and just have it on you, even if you don't wear it. Like, I've slowly gotten used to not wearing it as much. Like, I don't wear it at the gym, but like, if I go right. to a small coffee shop or something where there's the employees are wearing it out of respect, I'll wear it because you know, I don't. You don't want to make people have to guess if you're a decent adult who got vaccinated or not.
0: Same, same. Yeah, like at my job, everyone who comes in, you still have to wear a mask. That's it. That's the rule. Subway, I'm still wearing a mask. But if it's like, I just got out of the subway, it's 90 degrees outside in Harlem, I'm going to put my mask down.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like the subway, that should just be a rule. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, right? It's crazy. Most people still do, but it was funny because like while I like have my mask off and I'm lip syncing to the music I'm listening to, I remember somebody we went to high school with because I guess I I did this as a teen too. It's like when you're listening to music, you're getting kind of into it. And I remember someone coming up to me at my locker. I'm not going to say their name, but they were like, you got to stop talking to yourself. You look like a crazy person. Where, like, people are going to think you're a crazy person. And it's like, man, everybody talks to themselves at some point. point, first of all. Second of all, I have headphones in. I'm clearly just, like, mouthing along to whatever yeah. I'm listening to. So. Do you. Yeah.
1: Screw, screw that them. person.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I enjoy wearing a mask because then I'm still, like, lip syncing to music and nobody Amen. can see me.
1: Well, with that everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. This was our one hit wonder series and what a wonderful time it was. It was a lot of fun and it may come back. It's definitely going to come back.
0: Uh, yeah, we can definitely do a part 2 and do some more so much research, so many new things that we've learned about all these songs that we've known yes. for so long.
1: Yes. Yeah. All right.
0: And next week we're going to do yes. something special for our 1 year anniversary.
1: Yeah, yeah, boy, you'd stay tuned. But thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the Spotify, Google, Apple, and... Oh, baby!
0: Nice.
1: Uh, be sure to follow the Instagram mm-hmm. at Remember the 00S Podcast. Courtney, take it away.
0: Yes. Um, drink drink water. water.
1: Stay hydrated.
0: Stay hydrated. <laughs> Get your
1: electrolytes. It's, it's hot out there
0: it's so bad just drink all of the yes. water
1: all right well with That's that it. guys thank you so much and see you next time get these boots out for size my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard and they're like it's better than yours damn right it's better than yours i can teach you but it has to charge
0: what the boys go
1: crazy My, my new chick brings all the boys to the yard. they're right, it's better than yours. I can teach you,
0: but it have to charge.
1: You happy? Fatty make a funny?